PI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Roth. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up for Season 9, Episode 11, where we work through some of the more fantastical theories surrounding the 1963 assassination of President John F. Kennedy. I was joined on the main episode by the hosts of the Crime Countdown podcast, Ash and Elena. While I think the conversation was interesting and even fun, it was most definitely, let's just say, not the most informative look at the case in general. But because of that, and as promised, today's follow-up is going to be a little different. A few days after we recorded the episode that you heard on Sunday, Zach and I did another episode on the Kennedy assassination for our other podcast, Bob and Weave. This was not our plan, but the episode was so in-depth and so informative that we decided to also publish the interview here on Truth and Justice as a follow-up to the Theories episode. And since this episode is recorded for Bob and Weave, there's also a video version if you'd like to watch rather than listen. All you gotta do is go to the Truth and Justice YouTube channel and check it out. Now, after a short break, here's myself, Zach, history teacher Tom Dessenberg, and Zach's grandfather, Doug Bonham, dissecting the case of the assassination of JFK. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bob and Weave. Today we have a, this first time, I think, ever, we have multiple guests in the studio on on microphone. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube and the wide angle, we were unable to capture one of our guests, Mr. Doug Bonham, who you can see in this camera. Uh, this is uh, Zach's grandfather. So, yeah, this is my grandfather, Doug Bonham. He is here because, honestly, I've had a lifelong interest in JFK. I mean, I can remember being little and talking about JFK. Also, today's episode is about the JFK assassination. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that all our listeners know... <laughs> The J- yeah, we're, we're talking about the JFK. Anyway, proceed. But I, I've had a lifelong interest for JFK based solely on my grandfather. I mean, right. being around him, he was always a big JFK. Books everywhere. I mm-hmm. remember at one point, I mean, I don't want to get too far because we're going to talk about a lot of this, but I mean, we, we talked about JFK, you know, on multiple occasions, probably weekly growing up. Right. So, so, so he's our uh, number one. Maybe number two. I hate to put a uh, level on it. Uh, <laughs> JFK expert. And our other guest today is returning guests. Uh, my friend I went to high school with, Mr. Tom Dessenberg. Thanks for having me on. And uh, Tom, Tom has been, t- Tom was in high school. Uh, you were always the history buff. You would always throw useless trivia history knowledge at us while we were sitting around a campfire drinking beer. Yeah. Well, you got to be good at something. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I, I was moderately good at athletics, uh, terrible at math. So remembering useless history knowledge, that's my superpower. That's your superpower. Yep. And, and you turned that into your career because now you are a history teacher. Yep. High school history teacher. 
you know, the other thing that's cool about this, and this is a little different, mm-hmm. is the, the three of us have not lived through this. Right. We're, we're Doug has lived through this, too. So not only does he have the knowledge, I mean, he lived through it. Right. We only lived through the, the documentaries. Yes. You also notice, so as I was starting on our, uh, for those of you on YouTube, our, our wide angle doesn't quite capture Doug because uh, Doug being also one of the, the people in the room that are... Um, uh, what's the right right word? Paranoid is the right <laughs> word. <laughs> but vulnerable, I was going to say. Right? Uh, but yeah, given given the you know, if you're watching this in the year 2026, back about six years ago, there was this pandemic. Yeah, and and there was definitely a concern for anyone over a certain age. Uh, and uh, and they told us that we're safe if we're six feet apart. So we have arranged Doug. So he is, and I'm way over the age. So right. <laughs> So first, uh, Doug, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background, and why are you our JFK expert, one of? Well, um, my interest in the JFK assassination, of course, I lived through it. I mean, I was in a uh, – that Friday afternoon, I was in a a clothing inspection line at Keesler Air Force Base in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't develop an immediate interest in it then. I felt – Initially, that is probably a conspiracy because of Oswald's Russia connections and so mm-hmm. forth. Then Ruby killing Oswald, you know, obviously he was silencing Oswald and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the Warren Commission came out and explained everything, and I kind of believed the Warren Commission. Then one day I was in Dallas uh, doing an educational show there and uh, walked over to Dealey Plaza. And at the time, you could uh, uh, nobody objected if you walked into the Texas School Book Depository. Went up either the sixth floor where the shots came from, or it might have been the seventh, but it, you, the, the view out the window is the same. Mm-hmm. Anyway, saw a, saw a car go by. Uh, in fact, I saw many cars go by. One of them was a convertible, had four people in it, two in the front, two in the back. And I realized that from that angle, there's no way that a bullet could go through the person in the back and hit the uh, passenger on the driver's side in the front. And mm-hmm. I, uh, so I, I started questioning this, or well, didn't question, I, I just assumed the, silver, the single bullet uh, uh, theory was, was wrong. So I started reading the books on the on the assassination, um, and there are there there must be a hundred of them or more. I, I, I've not read them all, but I read a dozen or so, or several dozen, I'm sure. Uh, and all most of them, almost all of them, uh, uh, believe there was a believe that there was a conspiracy involved, and uh, they fall into several categories. Some. Oswald wasn't involved at all. Some of them were. Oswald was involved. Oswald did the shooting, but uh, was part of a conspiracy and so on and so forth. Then I started, uh, uh, went back to Dallas several times after that, uh, retraced some of the footsteps that Oswald did, uh, bought a Manlicker Carcano rifle, still have it, uh, to see if you could, in fact, get off three shots in the time allowed. And uh, yeah, you can. Mm hmm. Found out that uh, the limousine, the limousine that uh, Kennedy and uh, Connolly were in, uh, Connolly was not in the front seat. He was in what you call a jump seat, and was uh, several inches to the left of Kennedy. 
So suddenly the single shot theory made sense. And it gradually, one by one, I kind of eliminated uh, uh, the various conspiracy theories. And guess what? Eventually ended up thinking, yeah, Oswald was this lone killer, lone, lone uh, assassin. And Ruby was the lone assassin of, uh, of Oswald. Uh, and that's kind of where I am today. That's interesting. And, and is that the, the actual, the, the, the physics of the, of the shot of the, of the assassination. So I always hear three shots, but we always see in like this Bruder film, you see what appears to be two shots. You see Kennedy go for his neck when it looks like he, or her throat look when he was hitting the neck and then the fatal kill shot. Where was the third shot? The, uh, I think the consensus is that the third shot remarkably was uh, uh, when the limousine was closest and he missed the entire limousine. He did not hit, he didn't hit the, uh, anyone in the limousine and he didn't hit the limousine either. So how he missed that first shot is, is uh, maybe he was nervous. I don't know. And probably the first shot did get somebody. There's a, a man by the name of Teague, which was a couple of blocks away. And suddenly he felt a sting on his cheek and uh, was hit by a piece of, apparently hit by a piece of the bullet or po- possibly the concrete that the bullet kicked up. Uh, really? So was, it, was the third shot based on everyone heard three shots? Why, why do we I think, think the consensus third? is that uh, they heard three shots. Uh, three empty holes were found on the sixth floor of the depository. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, now, remarkably, another investigation called the House Committee. What, what was it called, Tom? I think the House Committee on Assassinations. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and they come up with a fourth shot. Now. Most of my knowledge comes from this fabulous movie with Kevin Costner, where horrible, is, they explain how everything you're saying is 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 bullshit. First of all, <laughs> I, I will tell you that I repeat that line at work probably three times back a week. Back into the left. Back into the back left, into and the no left. one knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I say it all the time. Right, yeah. Back into the left, the, and no one has any idea what I'm talking yeah, about. The, the best thing that came out of that was the Seinfeld episode. Right, yes, yeah. the, the second spitter on the grassy lawn. <laughs> right. uh, other than that, the whole movie JFK, you know, Oliver Stone's done much better work. Was any of it based in in, in fact? So what I was getting at was that they talked about a shot that missed and hit like the overpass. Was there any any evidence to support that, or was that just complete Hollywood nonsense made up? I, I've never seen anything that supports that. The goddamn Oliver Stone. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the, there are theories that the first shot, the, the the closest shot that missed, that it skipped off either. I, I'm trying to remember a traffic light, I believe, and then hit the curb and then caused some kind of wound on that on T uh-huh. that came up and hit his and it was spent by then. So it didn't do any real damage. Right. But that that was probably. the Yeah, that was the first shot. OK. And there's the, there's a, the longest gap is between the first shot and the second shot. Uh-huh. The second shot and the third shot happen in rapid succession. So he probably, Oswald probably, you know, collected himself, got back on target, and then shot the next shot, and then the fatal headshot. Right, just kept. kept and remember, he's shooting with a $14 rifle, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, uh, th- this is one of the things is that people beat up the Carcano. 
that it's a bad uh-huh. uh it's not bad you know it's not a winchester model 70 it's not a remington you know 40x now this is something that i do you have one i don't that that actually surprised me because you're also an avid gun collector yeah mm-hmm. Well, I have one. If anyone wants, I've never fired it, uh, and if you're brave enough to fire it, that's uh, that that would be wonderful. But uh, yeah. I did work the bolt to see is it possible to work the bolt, aim, and so forth in the time available. I forget what the exact time is, but uh-huh. it was clearly possible yeah, to right. do that. I, I can remember being younger. I, this is, I mean, I I remember this vividly. Is is going into his bedroom? He had pulled the gun down and laid it on the bed. And he had told me to pick it up, mm-hmm. pretend to fire it, cycle it. You know, we, we yeah. talked about it. I mean, I, I vividly remember him doing that, having the gun, having, you know, I was maybe 11, 12 years old going through it. I mean, I, I This was before that. he became an expert, uh, the expert that he is today. But even then, he could work it uh, close enough, right. fast yeah. enough to. I, I've cycled, like I've seen him at gun shops, and I've kind of cycled the action on him. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it's not like a, it, it's not a hunting rifle. Mm-hmm. But it's not as clunky as like a Mosin Nagant. Is it a short action or is it a longer action on it, the left? It's an intermediate. Yeah. Uh, so it's shorter than thirty out six. It's uh, actually a little bit shorter than. All right, I, I went all the way through my 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 collection of ammo. Uh huh. I do not have six point five ammo. Uh huh. The closest I have, and it just looks like it, is a seven millimeter Mauser. Okay. So it's actually shorter than the seven millimeter Mauser. Here's a surplus out six. Kind of for, for reference. So, so it's a little bit short. This is very similar to the six five Creedmoor. Yeah, round. Yeah, and it's a, also very similar to the, the, the that one's more similar than uh, than the thirty out six. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it looked and the, then, a lot like that. Yeah. The, the reason I I brought this is because the bullet shape. You mm-hmm. hear a lot of uh, talk about the magic bullet. Do, and do I do? Are we going to get to that later? Or you uh, want to go now? Go or, for it. Okay. Wait, real quick before we do that, uh, Doug. What is your your background? What do you do for a living? Uh, most of my uh, career was spent uh, developing educational courses and products for uh, a number of companies, Heath Company being the longest, uh-huh. uh, Heath Kit. Uh, before then, uh, worked downrange uh, during the early days of the Gemini program uh, for NASA. Uh, uh, worked for Billy Graham for a while at a radio station, WMIT-FM, <laughs> down in the mountains of North Carolina. Uh, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I think uh, well, well educated and comfortable behind a microphone. Well, yes, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I wouldn't say re- well educated, but, uh, uh, I'm fairly comfortable behind a mic. Uh, I'm fairly comfortable that you are smarter than at least me or Zach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Easily. Easily. Wasn't that. Now, now you talked about that radio station. Wasn't the claim to fame on that radio station that the tower was the highest peak the top east of, of the Mississippi the, or the something? The claim was that the top of our tower, we, first off, the radio station was located uh, on top of Clingman's Peak mm-hmm. at, at Mount Mitchell, North Carolina. Mount Mitchell is the highest point. It is the highest natural mountain in the in east of the Mississippi. Uh, and uh, the top of our antenna was claimed to be the highest point east of the Mississippi River. I no can't verify that, but uh, <laughs> that was the claim. That's a good claim to now fame, that's though. a conspiracy. And, <laughs> and if Billy Graham claims it, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, so, uh, and Tom, but the audience familiar with you from last year, you know, yeah. history teacher, yeah, so 
uh, I almost said yada yada, which was another callback to Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the magic, yeah, I definitely want to hear you talk about the maybe the, the forensics or whatever you're going to tell us about the magic bullet theory, and then I want to jump back with that to what you said about where Connolly was sitting. Yeah, uh, you know, people like, oh, it, you know, bullets don't act like that. Bullets don't do that. What is that? Explain first what right. what they're saying happened with the bullet. So the the bullet passes through Kennedy's neck from behind, from behind that it hits uh, Connolly uh, on his back. Mm-hmm. Exits through his chest, right below his nipple, and ends up breaking his arm and wrist. So right. it, it's a pretty spectacular bullet path. Didn't, wasn't there something in his leg too? Uh, I maybe fragments because he was sitting hands kind of right above his knee. Right. I always remember a cowboy what, hat. Well, in in the great documentary uh, JFK by Oliver Stone, yeah, uh, they showed the. <laughs> <laughs> the bullet went through his neck, through the seat. Through Connolly's like shoulder, through his wrist, and then that I thought like the, the bullet came to rest in like yeah. his thigh. I think it, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then they they find it on the gurney. Exactly. Yeah. That he was yeah. wheeled in on at the hospital. Yeah. Right. And people are like, oh, it's a pristine bullet. No bullet could have done that. Uh the bullet did exactly what it was designed to do. It mm-hmm. it was a full metal jacket. This is Similar in shape. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is actually has a soft tip on it though, because right. it's a hunting ammo, and it, it very long, hundred sixty grains, mm-hmm. and a, a round point, and it did exactly what it's supposed to do. It it penetrated and just kept going. Right. Uh, the six and a half millimeters have a, a long history in Europe. Uh huh. So the the first one is the Greek uh, man looker. There's the Italian Carcano. There's the six point five Swede. There are hunting cartridges, 6.5 by 57 in Germany, and the uh, 256 man liquor uh, from Austria. Mm-hmm. Uh, the famed elephant hunter, Walter Caramojo Bell, he actually shot elephants with a 6.5 uh, man liquor using full metal jacket, 160 grain right. ammo. So, so it's it's reasonable to assume that that bullet would maintain it. And what we're getting, so like, like what he said, this is a soft tip, is a hunting yep. round. It will you, expand. You have a soft tip, so you, yep. may, you want it to, upon impact, to expand. And deliver all of its energy inside a rather, rather small target. Right. So like a deer. Right. Whereas the, the full metal jacket that, you know, Kennedy was shot with is just going to keep going and not expand and keep going and not expand. Right. So, and, and won't they it, tumble? Is, are they one of the rounds that they say will tumble? No. Uh, th- this one, they, well, in some cases they can tumble. This one they don't believe did. Okay. There is a theory about that it tumbled on, on Connolly because of the length of the, the scar he had on his back. Uh-huh. Well, they had to open it up. Right. To perform surgery, and that lengthened the scar. And there is a little bit of oval shaping on the scar because it hit at, at an, an angle. angle, you know, coming down and over. So, so the, the bullet can maintain its integrity, mm-hmm. but what I got into, and I just know from Zach telling me that you have some, you, you have some thoughts on this. The, the reason they, the, it's called, you know, the magic bullet theory is because it, it, it appears that the bullet didn't travel in a straight line. Yes. Uh, so they, it's referred to both as a pristine bullet and the magic bullet. Uh-huh. And then when you get to the, it's not a direct line seat, it's a jump seat. And Nova on PBS did a wonderful episode back in the 90s where they lined it up computer module uh-huh. and they had Connolly turning. You know, Connolly looked back into his right 
And be, he knew what the gunshot was. He was a combat veteran. Uh-huh. So so before this, though, right, the theory is that the bullet took an abrupt turn. Yeah, and you see diagrams where it's making, you know, a ridiculous well, yeah, it's, 90 it's, degree. It's through Kennedy's neck, through the seat, through Connolly's back, out, yeah. through. And that and that's and I, said that's right, the way I remember it is that it went through both bones in his right wrist, but then yeah. ends up in his left leg. Yeah. And that's where it was like, and, you know, and then it makes a 90 degree turn yeah. to comes back to, to, yeah. to take, to come to rest in his leg. Yeah. What, what the conspiracy theorists never mention is that, okay, let's say it, that it wasn't, that, 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 it, that it wasn't a single bullet. Well, what happened to the bullet after it hit Kennedy's neck. After he went through Kennedy's neck, it was never found. Uh, and believe me, they went over. The no car in history has ever been gone over with the way the uh, this limo was. Mm-hmm. And the the shell or the the the, the cartridge was never found. It uh, the bullet was never found. So what happened to the bullet if it didn't? That's if it didn't lo- end logic up that in takes color. a lot of the fun out of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never occurred to me what the hell happened to the bullet. If you, yeah, yeah. If, and the, the the bullet, you know, and they they say, oh, it was a pristine. It was planted. Uh huh. If you take a look at the photos you can find from the National Archive, it uh, the the base jacket, of it is yeah, it's oval. Yeah, yep. yeah. And yeah. there's a large nick in the that is visible in the front of the bullet. So it, the bullet did take damage. It lost weight. There were some fragments that were lost in Connolly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, that's more or less what the bullet was designed to do, not to expand, to keep going. Right. I, I brought along uh, Craig Boddington's book, uh, Safari Rifles. And it, it, he has a whole chapter about 6.5, or a whole section of a chapter about 6.5. You know, and those and the, the really long 7 millimeters, mm-hmm. uh, they were referred to as flying drills. They just kept going. Right. So I, I, I like uh, Craig Boddington, if you're not familiar, he's a firearms author, mm-hmm. a brigadier general in the Marine Corps Reserve. Uh, he's pretty noted. You know, he's yeah. written a lot of books. He writes for a lot of the hunting and gun magazines, Travel the World sure. Hunted. So he, he has a little bit of experience there. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. So the, the, with the seat, so, the, so if we're, we're talking about a bolt that's going to continue through. Now, this is where I have a little bit, because Zach clued me into some of the, the positioning. But that was just my brain. I should have got it up on the screen. Um, but the the Zabruder film I was just watching, um, the timing seems a little bit weird. But but Doug, can you ex- can you explain how the the a single bullet could could make all those wounds based on the positioning in the car? The uh, <clears throat> Nova program that Tom referred to did a computer simulation, and they line up perfectly with with uh, the Zabruder film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connolly apparently, when he first heard the when he heard the first bullet, he started to turn and uh, look back. He knew what it was, uh-huh. and then the second bullet, a couple of seconds later, uh, uh, he was hit and showed signs of being hit. Uh, but uh, to me, there's no mystery involved now. I mean, it it, they, it lines up perfectly. Because he's not sitting. You, well, that's, that's he's exactly. not sitting directly in front of JFK. He's uh-huh. sitting. He's sitting slightly to the left of JFK, and, and he's also turned so right. that so that uh, his right side is more in line with the with with the bullet. Well, and I think that's what a lot of people don't know about that particular vehicle is it's not a standard 
Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there, Prior to you telling me that, I and, always thought that he was just sitting in a front seat directly in front of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a standard. And not only that, but the back seat is actually lifted. Yeah. Right. To, and, to allow him to be out further. And if you look at Kennedy, you know, Kennedy is riding right on the door, arm over outside the door. Just what your parents told you not to do when you were little. Right. But, but what all freeborn Americans do when it's nice weather, you right. got <laughs> to get your arm outside the window. Right. So, th- I mean, that exaggerated the discrepancy of where Connolly was sitting and, and where Kennedy was sitting. Right. So, so we take Kennedy's a little further to the right. Connolly's a little further to the left. Kennedy's higher than Connolly. And Connolly's turning. But the turning is what gets me. Was that, and I, when I watch the Zabruder film, it's, it looks to me like the, the timing of it is you see Kennedy reach for his neck. Mm-hmm. So the, the shots made impact. And it looks to me that it's after that that Connolly makes the turn back to the right. That's not, I don't recall that from the Nova episode. And what the maybe they're just like Oliver Stone and they made it. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Yeah. Uh, the the Connolly's head was actually say so get away from Mike from there was actually significantly to the left, and that's what the medical examiners d- determined mm-hmm. by the the pitch of his body. So even back then, and, and this is in the Warren report, right? That you know that he had moved that he had looked to his right back to Kennedy. And this presumably the first shot that missed. You know right. what it was. And then the second shot that hits Kennedy and then him, he's looking almost towards the the driver, which would have been in front of him. Okay. So so the other the other big piece of it obviously is the back and to the left, the fatal kill shot. While we started Zach, can you pop out of my desk and grab my laptop real quick? Got it. Keep going. I had planned to, but you were rushing us. You 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 passive aggressively stepped into the studio <laughs> at nine fifty eight. As though we weren't allowed to sit out and bullshit anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is going to help because we actually have somebody from NASA. You know, th- this is the the jet effect. That bullet exiting the brain is pushing back. You know, so it's exiting out the front. It's pushing back. See, I and had the bullet came came from the uh, grassy knoll, uh. The wound would have been; it wouldn't have been in the in the uh, the, the 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 back of the head, uh, where the fatal bullet entered. Uh-huh. Uh, it would have been in the side of the head, unless Kennedy was like this, and the film doesn't indicate yeah. that he was. I right. Mean, and then the other thing about the bullet coming from the grassy knoll is Connolly's not in the crossfire, but Mrs. Connolly or Mrs. Kennedy would be. And then you're looking at you know the collateral shot hitting one of them, probably Jackie. Right. And the, the, the bullet that kills the, the fatal wound on the head, they do find two 30-plus grain fragments of that in the front seat, lead residue all over the windshield, and at least one chip in the windshield. So that, From all the shrapnel going from yeah, back to forward. Yeah. So that bullet you know, broke apart, and it, you know, two pieces came to rest in the front seat. And significant amount of lead residue all over the inside of the windshield. What what I what I like about right now is you guys are absolutely destroying all Bob's hopes and dreams right now <laughs> of a conspiracy. Bob, Bob it's came in hot so that it was a conspiracy, yeah. and you guys have just dismantled him. But I mean, who doesn't love a good conspiracy? Theory? Oh, I'm I yeah, I wear a tinfoil hat all the time. I feel like yeah. And and the thing about the Kennedy is like Kennedy's it's the gateway conspiracy. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you start with Kennedy, you end up with the, the earth is flat and birds aren't real and vapor trails. So, so can, can either of you give us like a, a quick overview of, of a couple of the conspiracies that kind of built off of this? Or I'm not done talking about this bullet. We can go back to that one and find <laughs> what you're looking for. Well, um, I think some of the more ridiculous ones, uh, one was the second Oswald, uh, one was Oswald was replaced when he was on in the service in Japan. Don't know what happened to the real Oswald, but uh, he was uh, a a, a uh, imposter was put in his place, and he became Oswald. He's the one who went off to Russia, uh, married, came back to the states, and his even his family. He was looked so much like a, the original Oswald. Even his family, his mother and his brother, didn't recognize him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one was David Lipton's best evidence. Uh, he says that the JFK body was swapped for another body that looked like him on the way back from Dallas uh, before the autopsy. I mean, there's some really crazy stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jim Garrison thing of the of the JFK film. Uh, almost, n- I, I don't think any of the conspirators, at least the ones I talked to give any credit at all. In fact, uh, uh, Jim Garrison really uh, destroyed a lot of people's faith in, by the ridiculous, ridiculous uh, theories that he came up with, uh, you know, that uh, the killers escaped through the sewers of Dallas. And uh, can, we, can we not hit the elephant in the room? <laughs> the, uh, the umbrella man? Hello? The umbrella? What's There's the umbrella clearly man? a man telling them to start shooting by opening and closing his umbrella. I don't know that I've heard that one. He, okay, he was well, trying to make some kind of political statement. They, they interviewed him with the Warren Commission. Oh, did they? Yeah. Now, he could have been lying to the Warren Commission to keep your hopes up. Uh, but <laughs> He clearly didn't assassinate the president because he said he didn't. Yeah. I, I think he, uh, <laughs> I think, I believe his name is Cutler. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he, because of the Kennedy uh, influence in England, where very rainy all the time and so right. forth. Uh, somehow it was an insult to the Kennedy family by raising the umbrella, yeah. or so uh, he said. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, didn't it have to do with like Neville Chamberlain carrying I think an umbrella? so. I think yeah. so, yeah. Or so yeah. he says. That's, yeah. so, that's so past anything I know about. But so it's, 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 he's across the street. I don't know if you'll see it in this, but he's uh, it, like right before the shots start firing. There's a man in this beautiful sunny day that like opens an umbrella and I think he opens it, closes it, opens it something like really weirdly mm-hmm. right before the shots start firing. Yeah, I, that's one I've never, I didn't even know that one. Yeah. I heard a theory. So on, on Truth and Justice uh, for the episode that's going to drop on the 22nd, I had uh, um, kind of a fun group, a couple ladies that host a podcast called Crime Countdown and they just kind of chat about all these top 10 lists. And so we went through some Kennedy assassination theories and one of them was that the Umbrella Man, Cutler, actually had a poison dart in the umbrella. Well, the The KGB developed an umbrella, and they killed a defector with it in London. Oh, that's correct. And it had a a, a hypodermic in the end that stuck him with poison and killed him. So So, if if he could have gotten close enough to stick. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, all right. So we're going to go through this. Can Can you see that, Doug, over there over your shoulder? And this isn't slowed down. I think it slows it down. But what I'm looking now, at, Kennedy came, comes into view at frame uh, uh, two ten, I believe it was. Of the Zabruta film, the Zabruta film is uh, 
going at 18 frames per second, I believe. Right. Uh, so here, so you're seeing it at one eighteenth of a second, right? Uh, as the frames progress. So right there, Kennedy's already grabbing Obviously his neck. Obviously, he's been hit. Yes, and and that's where Connolly that that sign kind of messes it up. I remember back it up, but it. I wish they had it in like a slow motion, but yeah, you can't see him, but when he's behind the sign, right? I'm trying to see if if Connolly is already turned, so he's hit, and so in theory, right here, Kennedy and Connolly are hit. Correct. And, and Connolly has been hit at this moment. He's already been hit through his back, his out his chest, his wrist, and into his leg. That's the single bullet theory. Right. Yes. But then what I see is his reaction following here. He looks back at Kennedy. It just it seems odd to me. that, And then there was the fatal shot. It just seemed his reaction to that seems he doesn't look shot to me. Does anybody else feel that way? Like he he looks back when he hears the shot. And then. He he looks and then he looks forward. You never see him like Ugh, grab his chest, grab his leg, grab anything like that. He yelled something out, according to witnesses. But also think that he's turning that way. He's looking to his wife and he's looking back to Mrs. Kennedy and, and JFK. Right. So I, I've also seen uh, blow ups of that, and you can see his he you can see his jaws puff out at one point, and they think it, that that that's when he was hit. Uh through the one more time as it goes through hit so he he looks back he's sitting up tall turns and then boom there's a the last there's shot and the after the last shot Connolly hits the deck well you know there's i mean can't say i've ever been shot before but th- there's a theory that a lot of people talk about that you don't realize it you know what i mean like when right. you're hit at first you don't realize it that it's you know it's a hot sting that you're like whoa what will happen Oh, yeah. no, I've been shot. I would almost feel like that would have to be the, I mean, everything you guys are make, saying make, makes sense, but I would almost feel like it would have to be that. I just can't, I mean, it's not even just like a pass. I mean, he gets hit like boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah. I mean, the bullet just ravages his body and he's just like, hmm, what's going on back here? Like, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to believe that he had that reaction to it without even hunching over, grabbing his chest. Cause, it, you know, where did it, where did it come in and out? I know it went in. It, Went right, right, I mean, chest, right? Right under his nipple, it came yeah, out. Yeah, it came out right under his nipple, entered his uh, shoulder a little bit above it. Yeah, so did it Did it pierce lung? I believe it did. It yeah. was a sucking chest wound, if I remember the description. Yeah, so it went through one lung, shattered, in, in the the shattering of the wrist, because it, it broke his radius and his ulna, right? Yeah, and the ulna is yes. one of the thickest bones in the body. Right. Yeah, so to me, like, I feel like you noticed that. Or densest bone, I should say. Right, yeah. and, and, that way, and that was his right wrist, right? Yes. Yeah. So I want to see what he's doing with his hand. <laughs> he's holding his yep. Stetson. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So what is he doing with his hand after both his bones? So he's hit there. His right hand is smashed. And he's holding his white Stetson. Yeah. Bob is determined to solve this right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, if, I mean, if you're. I've seen it. So my, my thing is like everything I, I, I've seen and heard people talk about the case about certain things. And it's like, oh, that makes total sense. But then I'll watch the video and be like, well, no, it doesn't really yeah. make sense to well, me. The, the Nova computer animation, uh-huh. it, it makes sense. They explain. Yeah. And one of the big things they did with the How do we know they're not part of the conspiracy, Tom? (laughs) That's right. If you can't trust PBS, (laughs) I mean, come on. Big Bird would never stand for... That's the the other thing. uh, A lot of the conspiracy theories... And you're going to get a lot of emails. I I don't want to read them when it's over. Right, right. (laughs) So we're going to forward all of them to you. Yeah. (laughs) 
But uh, what was I going to say? I forget what I was going to say. I'm old. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there was so the the theories of the shooters. There's Oswald in the yep. the book, the book's depository. There's the possibility of the grassy knoll shooter. Isn't there a possibility of a the like there's a guy on the overpass too or something? You know the if you believe all the theories, this place was covered with snipers. I uh, started to I thought about writing a book once where I accept all the conspiracy theories and they all the conspirators showed up at the same time and (laughs) they were you know there were shots coming from all directions write write that book please that'd be the best book ever (laughs) i would buy that book (laughs) uh you know and and one of my favorites is that woody harrelson's dad was a contract killer and that's true and it's true. He, is it, yeah. That is true. But and he confessed to the Kennedy assassination. I bet you didn't know that. I yeah. sure did not. Yeah. He he was doing uh, life in like a supermax penitentiary for killing a judge. That, the, you know they they tried to Woody catch him Harrelson's on the father. Yes. yes. Yeah. The actor Woody Harrelson. Woody yes. Senior. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what his is name it, is. Uh, <laughs> I want to say it's Jim or John. It, it's uh-huh. something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I, I I heard a theory the other day that. Um, that the Secret Service agent that was behind the car had been out had drinking. Had an AR-15. No, I, have, no, I hadn't okay. heard that one, but that he'd been out drinking. He went off and, and, and yep. was the fatal shot. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It yep. was that. It was, I have it, heard that, yeah. It, <laughs> it was that he had been out drinking the night before and was hungover and was fouling behind the car, and, and, he, had, and he, was, he was still half drunk and hungover, and he accidentally shot Kennedy from behind. Yeah, oh, that after goodness. the first shot, he, he pulled out the AR and, uh, yeah. I don't. But yeah. I, I think we should talk about some of the legitimate uh, conspiracy theories because I was a conspiracy theorist myself for uh-huh. probably twenty years, thirty years, something like that. But uh, the most interesting person I think in the whole assassination was a guy named Baron George de Morgan's child. I'm sure I'm yep. tearing up his name, but. Uh, uh, and the interesting thing about him was he was uh, he, he had lived in Russia in Minsk, Russia for a while. He uh, fled. Uh, his, he was Jewish, and his, uh, he was persecuted. His family was persecuted. Several of them was arrested during the Russian Revolution or shortly thereafter. He went to Austria, opened a ski, a ski shop. Uh, the Nazis took over Austria, and he's a Jew. So he, uh, so he escaped to the United States, lived with his brother in uh, 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 the Hamptons in Long Island, New York. The Hamptons is a very elite neighborhood. One of the neighbors was a beautiful young lady named Janet, who he dated several times, proposed marriage. She turned him down. But Janet was, at the time, was separated from her husband— I forget his first name, but his last name was is it Bovier. Is that what you pronounce it? Yep. Okay, Bovier. And they had a nine-year-old daughter. She had a nine-year-old daughter by the name of Jacqueline. And, of course, that's a Jacqueline Bovier, who grew up to be, for, married John F. K., uh, JFK and became first lady. So here's Oswald's best friend in Dallas, only friend in Dallas, was... Uh, George de Morgan child. Uh, he and his wife, uh, he had a, a son who died of cystic fibrosis. 
They set up the foundation for cystic fibrosis, George, Baron George did, along with his wife, and the honorary president of the foundation was Jacqueline Kennedy. So here's somebody who was really tight with the Kennedys, or, or fairly tight with the Kennedys, certainly well-known by the Kennedys, who was Oswald's best friend in Dallas. Now, and, and this guy, you know, he had several master's degrees, spoke five languages, he had traveled all over the world, he had been in every business imaginable, and that's your conspiracy right there. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, oh, certainly he was somehow involved in this. Yeah, that is uh, a strange and, coincidence. If yeah. it's, and well, he comes back because he's, he's kind of key in verifying the photo that uh, Oswald had his wife take of him in the backyard. Is that the, the time photo? Yeah. The, 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 the time magazine. He's holding up to uh, left-leaning kind of socialist communist. Uh, Workers in the militant. Uh, yeah. militant yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He, he's got the rifle, and he also has the pistol that he'll use to kill Officer Tibbetts on. And he refers to it as the hunter of fascists uniform. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I can never pronounce the guy's name, but he, he helps confirm that that's real. They lent a record to uh, Lee Harvey and his wife and then got it back and never looked in it. And a photo, that photo autographed, was tucked into the, the record sleeve. It's interesting. So the, really, because there's two layers of conspiracy here, right? So there's the whole, the, the logistics and forensics of the actual assassination. Was there one shooter, really, is the big question. Yes. Right? Which, which you guys uh, naively believe there was one. <laughs> <laughs> one shooter, but you know, you know, I don't want to be rude to you. You're our guest. Yeah. Uh, and then the other layer is okay. Even if it was Oswald, that, that's still then t- why and who who else is right? Yeah, it doesn't and, put the conspiracies yeah, yeah. to bed, right? No, because there could still be you know, yeah. You re- could, there's you're... there's LBJ was involved, the FBI yeah. was involved, the Secret Service was involved, that stupid CIA, umbrella, uh, KGB, he's any initials you can candidate. think of. Somebody yeah. came out with a book uh, claiming yeah. that. So. And, and where does Jack Ruby come in to this? Like, that seems like a, a, a unique individual to just be coming out of nowhere. Well, he was dying, right? I don't believe he was at the time. He did later die in prison uh-huh. of natural, uh, supposedly natural causes. Well, uh, Oliver Stone, once again, he says that Jack Ruby. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> but I mean, it, it, you know, I'm going to say this, but it seems like, you know, he had to have a reason that he went out there. I mean, it couldn't, you know, was he put up to do it? I mean, why would he do that? The most of the theories that involve Jack Ruby are that he's connected to the mob mm-hmm. and well, he owned uh, some strip joints. He owned some nightclubs. So obviously you would know mobsters, but you'd also know cops. So mm-hmm. he's connected both to Dallas PD and mobsters. But the, the connections are he knows A, or he, he, he A knows B, mm-hmm. therefore he's C. And it's on the surface, it's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. He knows these mobsters. He had access to get into the police department because he knew all the cops. But, I mean, if you look at it, he's probably just really distraught. Yeah. He, he closed down his bars for three days to kind of, you know, in respect. Uh, so, so, so you think that he, was, he just legitimately was so upset about Kennedy being assassinated and decided to know, seek out revenge? Th- that's the overall theory. Now, he- hear me out here. People who are mentally stable and doing well don't walk around shooting people. 
Right, not very often. I happen yep. to do some. I, I cover some of these things for a living, and you, yeah, yep. <laughs> you've yet to see anybody just you know, yeah. make, you know, choose in a, in, as a, as a good idea to go kill somebody. So you have Oswald, who's operating out of cold blood, and he's not mentally stable, you know, mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. And then you have uh, Ruby, who's acting out of you know strong emotion, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not necessarily hot blooded, but he's he's deeply saddened. He he feels a great loss. And for whatever reason, he decides to spare Jackie Kennedy a trial, which is what he said. But is like, that what he said? See, I've never even yeah. really heard what yeah. he said, why he did it. Yeah. But the problem is that he spares America a trial. You know, what we needed was right. we needed Lee Harvey Oswald on the witness stand, letting a little of that crazy shine through. Right. And explain the other, the bigger question, why the hell did he kill Kennedy? Yeah. Which, you know, we learn a lot about that from Stephen King's book. Eleven twenty two sixty three. I mean, he re- he really lays everything out there, and uh, they actually travel back in time, and they uh, uh, they follow Oswald for years. All right, so so, so I we, like we were Bob's, just... Bob's research has been entirely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bob, I was. You can't, I, how can you beat time travel for a research tool? <laughs> I'm just telling you. At last week at the Illuminati luncheon, we were talking about all this, and that is entirely wrong. Okay. Entirely wrong. <laughs> But no, I didn't know that that he said he was, you know, that he wanted to spare. If you yeah. like that, all of a sudden starts to make sense to me. If if you got a guy that is like, just just loves the, the president, you know, and he, and he did, yeah. yeah. Kennedy was hugely popular, you know, and that's the right. thing is that we have this irony that he was barely elected, but man, there is something in Kennedy that everybody likes, mm-hmm. you know. If much like if our you're former president Donald Trump, so, everybody can yes. find something to like about the yeah. guy. Yeah. Well. Well, Kennedy was anti-communist. God, no, everybody's going to let that go like that. Was yeah, that, that was serious. I didn't even hear what you said because I was thinking about what I was going to say. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> God. I tried know, to make a funny and it didn't yeah, land. Yeah, yeah it happens. Yeah. It's too soon. Too, too soon. soon. Right. Yeah. So if, if you're conservative, you like Kennedy that he's anti-communist. You, right. you like that he lowered taxes. Mm-hmm. If you're liberal, you, you like his vision. You know, the whole New Frontier vision is, is fantastic. Right. And his and record on civil rights. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah exactly. He's, he is an inspiring character. Now, he has his flaws, which were not widely known, but... All the ladies he was yeah, hanging around yeah, with. Yes. Right, yeah. But, you know, there's a little something to Kennedy that everybody likes. Mm-hmm. So it is a loss to the nation, and people were distraught. Right. And, and Ruby, you know, I really never really thought about like that, how how much probably less of a conspiracy this would have been had Ruby yeah. not done mm-hmm. what he did. Well, it's interesting. Uh, James Earl Ray takes a plea in the MLK assassination, never goes on the witness stand. Uh-huh. Now he can go back and say, well, you know, I, I took this plea, but there's a conspiracy. And, right, right. And people are like, oh, conspiracy. Sirhan, Sirhan, the so prosecutors in Kennedy, California, right? yeah. they're like, no, we ain't taking a plea. You're going on the, on the stand exactly right. for that reason. And there's no conspiracy around RFK. Right. It's like, this guy took the stand. We realized he was nuts. Right. And, and he did it. And that's why he did it. Yeah. Well, part of the thing with, with Ruby, too, was he was kind of just in the right place at the right time, the way that it kind of laid out. Exactly. You would need, it would take many rehearsals to get him from the Western Union station to the basement of the, where he shot Oswald uh, in the, I don't know, two minutes or something that, that that's required. I've looked at that distance and never stepped it off, but it's, I don't know, maybe two football fields, something like that away. Uh, Western Union, he was sending a, uh, he was sending $25 cash to one of his strippers. Uh, and 
it's time stamped. And Western Union's, you know, it's tied to the uh, uh, national standard on time. So it's absolutely unquestionable that the, that they know exactly when he sent the uh, the wire. Then what was it? Ninety seconds or something later, he's in the he's in the basement of the uh, 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 the, the building, and uh, he shoots Oswald, which is on film, and the TV stations are absolutely on time. I mean, they they can pin it down to the second, mm-hmm. and. He was lucky to walk that distance uh, in the in the time involved. I mean, if you're going to kill a man, if the mob has hired you to kill a man, you don't wait in line at the Western Union station with one minute to go before they transfer Oswald. The other thing was transfer the Oswald transfer took place an hour or more after they had announced that it was going to take place. Uh, it was delayed because some of the, I think it was a postal inspector, wanted to dis, uh, question Oswald further. That delayed it by, I don't know, some length of time, maybe an hour. Then Oswald, uh, before he went down, he was in a, he was in a uh, uh, just a T-shirt, and they, they wanted, he or they wanted him dressed more properly. So was, they went up, got his sweater brought it down, he put it on, you know, that delayed it for a couple of minutes. Had he not asked for the sweater, or if the postal inspector had not wanted to further question him, he would have been gone before Ruby ever got there. Uh, so it literally happenstance. It, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it, an emotional huge, reaction. He's just yeah. walking by, oh my God, that's, that's the guy that shot Kennedy. Pulls his gun out and shoots him. Yeah, hey, that's that's yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming just because what he did for a living and your, your cash business, he probably carried a gun. He did. Well, yes. I think yeah. we have to assume that he did. did he, he shot him with a gun. Well, so. but I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, here's a guy that was probably everyday carrying though. Right. Right. Exactly. It, it just, and he just didn't have it on him. Just 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 to to sh- yeah. And let's not forget this happened in Texas. Yes. Where everyone has a gun. Yeah. Well, and I think another thing that that helps prove that too is. Is from my understanding, he had a basically a prized dog. He was he was very fond of this of dog he had Sheba, yes. And and he had left the dog in the vehicle mm-hmm. to do this. And that's now you right. think if if it's his yep. prized possession, this this baby of his, you yep. wouldn't leave it knowing that this is going to happen. Yeah, in front of a bunch of cops, where you're obviously not going back to your car afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, I, th- I think we're right about the point where we need to. I got one last thing. And uh, Zach's just not going to have time to get to his point. No, nope, uh, nope, Because I decided even, that the show's <laughs> not even a point for me. So, <laughs> so this is something that I, I, think, I, I think you could have a good grasp of, and I think it would be interesting to hear, because the three of us have really no idea about this. The, the day that happened, like, what, what were your emotions going through that, like, personally? Uh, shock tragedy of uh, disbelief at first. Uh, uh, I think the impact of it was probably, you're familiar, I think all of you were alive at 911. Mm-hmm. The impact was similar to that. I mean, the circumstances were totally different, of course, but the impact on America was kind of like that. Most people had heard of Lincoln being assassinated. Uh, very few knew, know that Garfield and McKinley was also assassinated. Uh, 
So, you know, assassinating president is really not that unusual. Four out of, at the time, what was it, four out of 35, I think Kennedy was 35th president, I believe. Uh, that's a pretty high percentage. Uh, and since then, uh, you know, all the other people that have been assassinated, uh, we shouldn't have been shocked and surprised, but it had been a long, long time before uh, this had happened, and everybody was shocked, surprised. Uh, and the real shock came Sunday at uh, 1130 when broadcast over national TV was Jack Ruby shooting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Shooting Oswald, uh, just incredible. It's hard to believe. Uh, I went through many, many emotions. As I say, I came full circle from believing conspiracy to believing uh, the uh, Warren Commission to the 30 years of being a huge skeptic of the Warren Commission. But then gradually, at least in my mind, verifying just about everything the Warren Commission claimed. So uh, I'm back, <laughs> back to the beginning. <laughs> crazy man, lone, lone gunman, right. and uh, crazy distraught guy kills yeah. the lone gunman. You know, chapter seven of the Warren report is all about uh, Oswald's background and issues he had, social, emotional. Mm-hmm. It's good reading. Keep in mind that Oswald had uh, attempted to kill Edward Walker, failed. Yes. Right, right, One right. Thing we forgot to talk he had about. killed Stephen Tim, King. Covered that in depth in his book. Uh, yeah, even the even the uh, even most skeptics will uh, admit that. Yeah, okay, yeah, he 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 killed. Or he pro- he tried to kill Edwin Walker. He uh, certainly killed Tippett. I mean, I don't yeah. think there's any question about mm-hmm. that. I don't. I'm not sure anybody. Uh, can question that, although some of the skeptics yeah. do. One of the things that I question, though, is that, you know, this is Texas in the 60s. He mm-hmm. killed a cop. He's getting the electric chair. Right. At that point in time, why not say, yeah, I, I shot Kennedy, too? Right. That's the only thing that makes me scratch my head, because he, he was going to the electric chair for killing the cop. Right. And it still was denying and saying that he was a patsy. Yeah. Do either of you, last question before we wrap this up, do either of you think that there could have been that that Oswald could have actually been a patsy not so much that he didn't fire the shots but that he was manipulated into that position okay well uh, it's funny that a lot of the conspirators that's a yes or no question Doug I'm I'm joking I'm joking I'm joking (laughs) Uh, a lot of the conspirators believe Oswald when he says uh, you know I'm a patsy and yet they don't believe you know, uh, the Warren Commission, you know, Earl Warren, Gerald Ford, uh, uh, these people, they all conspired to cover this up. Uh, right, right. Now, who do you believe? Do you believe Oswald, who had every reason to lie, or the Warren Commission, who had no reason to lie? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you think it was just him acting alone? I, I That was the conclusion I finally came to, yes. Uh in addition to the Warren Commission, you know, if the CIA is involved, there was the Church Committee of the U.S. Senate that mm-hmm. occur, occurs in 1975. Uh, Senator Frank Church of Idaho was no friend of the intelligence community. Uh-huh. And, you know, he revealed at that point in time, that, like the MK Ultra experiments with LSD on people and, right. and a lot of other, you know, the, the secrets of the CIA. I don't think Church would have had one problem exposing the CIA if the CIA was involved. Right. So, 
All right. So is he then uh, like a Manchurian candidate from Russia? You know, maybe we find that out at the fall of the Soviet Union. Mm. And the Soviets were kind of good at keeping some secrets. Right. Uh, would this have been one of them? I don't know. Well, so, I mean, it's possible yeah. that the, you know, the Russians wanted to, they didn't like what happened in the election. So they were meddling and, you know, that's, it could be, could be. I feel but like they, uh, they also, the Russians God also it, tried. That's over two. I got yeah. that one. Yeah. It's too soon. Too soon. The Russians also tried to get rid of Oswald. I mean, get him out of the country for the first couple of months he was there. And, and finally he uh, attempted suicide and, uh, they realized the publicity would be horrible, so finally yeah. they, they let him stay. Uh, huh. uh, which does bring us back to another interesting, when uh, Oswald's wife heard they arrested him, she thought maybe he was trying to kill Connolly. Connolly was the Secretary of the Navy, and when Oswald, he leaves the Marine Corps, goes to the Marine Corps Reserves, when he defects to Russia, he gets a less than honorable discharge. I can't remember uh-huh. what the exact terminology was. That upset him. And he wrote a letter to Connolly asking for it to be reversed. Connolly at that point in time was quitting to run for governor, so he sent a letter back and said, well, I'll forward your information to my successor, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to take any action on it. So there's theories that he might have been after Connolly and yeah, not Kennedy. But you well, him was a bad shot. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> but well, he completely missed yeah. the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But, you know, there, it would be easier to shoot Connolly without Kennedy. You lose all the Secret Service detail. Right. So if you're going to shoot Connolly, why would you wait till he was with Kennedy? The other big question was, uh, uh, the motorcade came down, I I think the name of the street is Houston, and made a uh, turn onto Elm. Coming down Houston, you got a perfect shot at JFK. Uh I mean, he's sitting up above Connolly. He got a perfect shot at him, and yet he didn't fire then. He waited until they had made the turn, and uh, the question is, why why didn't he shoot him? And my theory is, and I've stood in, in, not in that window, but the window one, one floor up, and my conclusion is that uh, he would have had to expose himself uh-huh. uh, uh, in order to do that. Now, he, he had already exposed himself to some extent. I mean, uh, Howard Bremen was on the ground a block away and saw Oswald with the rifle, or saw someone with the rifle in the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a few seconds before the shot was fired, uh, at the lineup, he refused to identify Oswald as the man, but l- because he thought conspiracy, he didn't want his family killed and so forth. So, uh, but later in life, he did admit that, oh, it was Oswald, no question about it, no question in my mind that, uh, that it was Oswald, even, even though I didn't say that at the, uh, at the lineup. So all the sex appeal of the conspiracy surrounding the Kennedy assassination have been stripped away by you two. Sorry. Ruined my Sunday afternoon. <laughs> uh, but no, actually, I mean, it, it, in all reality, it's really it, it's been really interesting to hear it all broken down, you know, logically and with science and things like that. Um, and I, I still think you guys should check out that uh, 112263 Stephen King because, um, you know, he was there. Time travel. He was right there when it happened. <laughs> it, I've never read that. I'll have to read that. It's, it's a good one. It's also been made into a TV show mm-hmm. on, uh, on Hulu. It's yeah. very good. Uh, but Tom, Doug, thank you guys both very much. We really appreciate you coming in and thank you for inviting us yep. a little bit. Thank you, Zach. Thanks for being my friend. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Actually, no, 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 no. We won't see you next week. We're off for at least a week. Uh, yeah, a week or two. Or two weeks because then you're, I'm gone and then you're gone. Yeah. So we'll be off for two weeks. So we won't see. We'll see you around. I don't know Thanksgiving. Love you guys. There.
I have to admit that Doug and Tom really took the wind out of my sails. For decades, I've always been certain that there were at least two gunmen. But after recording this episode, I went ahead and watched the Nova documentary that the guys kept referring to. It can be rented for a few bucks on Amazon, by the way, if anyone's interested. And I also did a little more research on my own. And I have to say that I feel like I've been bamboozled by Oliver Stone. Now, I know there are still many of you out there that do not believe that Oswald acted alone. And who knows, you may be right. But in my opinion, the science paints a different picture. It paints a picture where Lee Harvey Oswald fired all three shots and killed John F. Kennedy. Two things have me convinced. One is a frame-by-frame look at the Subruder film. In viewing the final kill shot to Kennedy's head, in each frame you can see the propulsion of flesh projecting from Kennedy's head towards the front of the limo, as you would expect to see with a shot coming from behind. And secondly, and probably more importantly, is the medical evidence. The fracture patterns on JFK's skull clearly indicate an entry wound from the back of his head. And even more convincing is the complete lack of injury to the left lobe of his brain. I believe that a shot from the grassy knoll would, without question, have passed through both lobes. But according to the autopsy, only the right lobe is damaged. Now, as I said, I could be wrong, and Jim Garrison could be right. I'm certainly not an expert, and without a doubt, this is a debate that will continue on for years and years to come. But for me personally, I take some amount of comfort in the belief that our government did not conspire to murder the President of the United States. And I pray that this is a line that will never be crossed. And now, what's next for Truth and Justice? In just two days, on this Sunday, we have an episode for you that I think you're going to love. I'm joined by Haley Butler and Tanu Thomas, the hosts of the Orange Tree Podcast, to discuss the fascinating case, The Murder of Jennifer Cave. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing, and all music for the show was created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by Zach Weaver, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kaywood Yamnick, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, and Jen Reese in Candela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels. For just $5 per month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes videos of the creation of our Friday follow-up episodes that include 10 to 30 minutes of pre-show bonus chat. Other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. 
You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Bob Ruff Truth. Mike can be found at Murb Gaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G. And Zach can be found at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Mike Bussing. This has been Truth and Justice. Thank you.